You're listening to the Made for Living Well podcast, episode number 239. And today we're talking about the long overdue podcast all about carbohydrates. Yes, we're diving into, are they good? Are they not? What's the deal with carbohydrates? This is the Made for Living Well podcast, hosted by Alexa Sherm, the place to create a life well-lived. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is a space where I believe you were made for living well. And what that means is, is that health is not some far off destination that you have to try to accomplish or achieve or even reach, but health is inside of you and here on the show and over at the living well, I'm going to teach you how to do that out. Yes, you heard that right. Health is inside of you. You don't need to chase it down or find a perfect plan. You just need to learn how to live that out. And today we're going to talk about that as we break down a long overdue topic on carbohydrates. Here's the deal. I get endless questions about carbohydrates. Is keto good? Should I do low carb? Is it going to hurt my thyroid? Is it going to cause consequences long term? Like, what is the answer to the madness that we're living in? And what is the truth? So today I just want to present all of the facts to you, not as this black or white or another person promoting an extreme plan. I'm not even here to bash anything because the truth is, is we have to take a step back and we have to look at the whole picture. We have to see that there is a time and a place for low carb, but that doesn't mean that it's for everyone. And so today we're going to break that down and you're going to learn all the information you need to know on carbohydrates. But before we get there, I want to remind you that I have lots and lots of articles over at The Living Well, including more information on this topic, good carbs, bad carbs, what types of sugars are better, what types are bad, even talking about stevia. So if you want to find more about that, head on over to thelivingwell.com, check out the blog post that goes along with today's show. While you're there, you might find some new products happening at The Living Well, specifically the Dated Nourish Planner. Yes, a 2022, which is really hard to say, a 2022 planner just dropped, and I am so pumped for you to get your hands on this. Now, I almost self-sabotaged myself out of doing this planner for a million different reasons, and it all happened after all of the work was already done. Surprise, that's self-sabotage, right? As you're standing on the brink of something new, you tend to figure out ways to get yourself out of it. Exactly what we talked in last week's episode, which was really popular, by the way. So if you haven't checked that out, go back and listen to it. Needless to say, I overcame the self-sabotage and actually got the planner printed and it's here and ready to go. So if you're looking for a planner, I call it the healthiest planner on the internet, you should definitely check out the Nourish Planner over at thelivingwell.com. I promise you, it's a game changer. It's actually been in existence since 2017 with my co-owner at the time, Heidi Larson from Foodie Crush. I recently took it over on my own with the launch of The Living Well. And so it's new to The Living Well, but it's actually a planner that's been on the market that's been well-established and researched, and it's definitely a fan favorite. So make sure you head on over there, check out the planner, and if you leave a rating and review on the show, I'm gonna give you something special and free to go along with that planner. So if you have a few moments, take a minute to rate and review the show. You can do that at thelivingwell.com backslash review. Leave a five-star rating and why you're loving the show. This literally means the world to me and it helps other people who wouldn't otherwise know about Made for Living Well find it and check it out and join this community of like-minded people who are here to do health the right way, who are here to like actually live life. So if you have a few moments, take a minute to leave a rating and review. Once you're done, send me a screenshot of that in an email at alexa at thelivingwell.com and I'll send you a free gift that goes along with the nurse planner. I would love it if you would take a few minutes to do that and then check out thelivingwell.com. But right now, we're gonna get back to the show because this is what you came here to learn. What is the deal with carbohydrates? Now, you probably are gonna guess what I'm gonna say about this, right? If you've been on the show for any length of time, you kind of know that I'm over diets. Yes, I think food matters. Of course I do. I'm a nutritionist. But I think the lengths to which we've gone to get someone to lose weight are really not 
effective in any way, shape, or form. Honestly, if any one diet had worked long-term, we would no longer have the diet industry. The problem is the diet industry makes a lot of money, so of course it's not going anywhere, right? Like It's going to keep you circulating your problems, keeping your mind fixed on food and exercise. Two things that are certainly important in your health, but they definitely aren't the full picture of your health, and that's why very few people can lose weight or keep it off long-term. And even in the process, we've been a people who look at health through the lens of weight loss, which is a completely backwards approach to what health actually is intended for. We need to see weight loss through the lens of health, meaning you can't lose weight to get healthy, but weight loss has to come as a byproduct of already being healthy. That's the goal, and that's what we're going for. So today we're going to talk about carbohydrates, and yes, you might already guess my answer, but I do want to show you my view from every aspect of carbohydrates, from what they are to what they do in the body, why the keto diet has become so popular and how it works, and what you really need to know about truly getting healthy. Because in any way, shape, or form, a diet misses the root cause of our health problems. And I wanna bring that up, and I'll bring that up time and time and time again. If health was strictly about food, we would no longer be here. The truth of the matter is, is why are you eating those foods, and why do you crave those things? And then, on the flip side, what makes you believe changing your diet is actually going to change anything about you? We're going to talk about all of that on today's show, so let's just dive in with the basic foundational question, what are carbohydrates to begin with? Now, the short answer is carbohydrates are a simple macronutrient, and I don't mean simple, an essential macronutrient. There's three total macronutrients that we have labeled in our diet, and that's protein, carbohydrates, and fat. Basically, every single food category could fall underneath one of those specific macronutrient categories. Now, macronutrients are like these big categories of nutrients. I want to be clear. They're nutrients. Yes, they matter. Carbohydrates matter. They're a nutrient to the body that underneath of it have subcategories of micronutrients. So just to clarify that, right, like we have different food groups like rice or fruit or vegetables or cereal, and all of those things fall underneath of this carbohydrate macronutrient category. They all contain the majority of their nutrients from the carbohydrate structure. Now, a carbohydrate structure is a molecular structure that's specific and different from fat and protein that's made up of a lot of simple sugars. And any food that's labeled as a carbohydrate is the majority a molecular structure of carbohydrates or sugar. Now, again, these things are nutrients, and within those subcategories, within those foods, there's also a host of other micronutrients that are associated with the macronutrient. Now, every single group tends to have a specific set of micronutrients, but there are some micronutrients that are repeated throughout all the macronutrients. So it's kind of like a hierarchy, right? Like the macronutrient is kind of the boss, and underneath of it, there's a whole host of micronutrients that fall into that category. Now, when we're talking about specific carbohydrates, carbohydrates are, again, a molecular structure that is made up of sugars. Now, simple sugars are a smaller molecular structure. They're really easy for the body to break down and to digest. In fact, simple sugars are the only way sugar can exist inside of the body. So anything that's more complex in nature, or what some people call complex carbohydrates, are actually a more complex molecular structure of different simple sugar molecules coming together to create one bigger molecule. In the process of digestion, your body breaks all of those complex carbohydrates down into the simplest form because that's the only way those things can be absorbed in the body. So No matter what it is, every single structure in the carbohydrate category is going to get broken down into the same things in which your body then can do something with them. Now, carbohydrates do contain some other molecular features and nutrients like fiber that the body doesn't break down or can't break down into simple sugars, which then are absorbed. So instead of absorbing those things, we actually excrete those things. Now, I don't want to just say we lose it, meaning it's not significant. In fact, fiber is incredibly significant to the body as it's one of the top food choices for our gut bacteria. 
meaning in order to have a healthy gut, we need a decent amount of insoluble fibers and soluble fibers, which means we also need a healthy amount of carbohydrates. Again, carbohydrates are nutrients, and why we've developed this notion that eliminating an entire macronutrient group is going to get someone healthy is just absurd. It's never worked. But this is what the food system has continuously done. We've cycled back through the same patterns over and over. Back in the early 80s, there was the Atkins diet, which is very similar or the same thing, you could argue, as the ketosis or the keto diet that is of today. But in the middle of that phase, there was also the low-fat craze, where we decided that fat was bad. And so in place of fat, we increased all of our simple carbohydrates, which then also created problems. Like repeated throughout history is our drive to eliminate a full group of nutrients. But what we found is that never works long-term. Why? Because they're still important to the body. Now, carbohydrates are a nutrient, which means they actually serve a pretty big role in the body. The main job is energy, of course, and that's also where carbohydrates get the bad rap. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but carbohydrates are the number one source of energy in the body. Not only that, but they're really necessary and vital for specific cells, including our brain cells and our hormonal cells. So this is where we tend to see a lot of negative side effects when people eliminate carbohydrates as they experience more brain fog and hormonal dysfunction. Of course, there's arguments on the flip side that says that we have alternate fuel sources, our energy sources, which are abundantly more useful to our brain and to our hormones. But I'm going to debate that and lay out a different argument on the table to see this in a bigger picture. But if we look at our body as a whole, carbohydrates are the number one source of food energy that our body uses. Now, on top of just being a source of energy, we mentioned already that carbohydrates are a huge source of fuel for our gut bacteria. Our gut loves fiber. It feeds off fiber and other nutrients within those carbohydrates. So it's essential for proper gut health in order to have proper carbohydrate intake. And if we want to To take that a step further, we also know that gut bacteria produces our serotonin. Over 80% of our body's serotonin is produced in the gut by gut bacteria. So in order to produce that, we also have to be feeding the gut bacteria to energize it to produce the serotonin, which creates those happy feelings in our body, providing satiety. Yes, carbohydrates not only help feed our gut, helping it to produce serotonin, but that serotonin release is also what produces a sense of satiety within our body, meaning a healthy amount of the right carbohydrates can actually help you eat less because it increases your level of satisfaction, driving down your need for cravings. I know it seems backwards, right? Like we often think that the more sugar I eat, the more cravings I'm going to have. The reality is, is that's untrue. It's not the more I eat, the more I'm going to need. It's if you eat it in the right way and work to healthify your body, you'll actually see that drive for cravings decrease because you're going to be more satisfied and satisfaction produces a natural reward response inside the body. When we're not satisfied, our body looks for satisfaction in as many ways as possible. And generally speaking, it reaches or it craves quick sources of rewards, which produce more unhealthy behavior. We're going to talk about that in a different podcast when we talk about cravings and the new year. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that because that's a big subject. I'll probably bring it back up in this podcast again. But the deal is, is satisfaction is a big deal, which means when you eat some level of carbohydrates with your meals, you're naturally more satisfied than when you omit them completely. Don't believe the lie that eating more carbohydrates will automatically make you crave more. That's not true. But it's the wrong carbohydrates at the wrong time or the fear of them or the threat or the guilt that you feel when you consume them. That's actually what diminishes the satisfaction, making you long or reach for a reward in an unhealthy pattern. It also feeds the brain. It helps regulate blood sugar and energy. We talked about satiety, and also it evens out our stress response. 
So carbohydrates actually have a pretty big role inside of our body. Like they matter. They're still critical nutrients that our body needs. The problem is it's they've gotten a bad rap, right? Because we've been led to believe that the extremes in the health space are really what matters. So when to our body, the answer to health is always balance. It's not too many carbs and it's not too little carbs, but it's the right amount of carbs in that specific day for what your body needs. We're going to talk about how to find that. The problem is, is that over time, the food industry has been really great at producing high carb or high reward based foods, which are a lot of simple sugars combined with fat that create this massive reward system inside your body. It's the things that your body finds a lot of satisfaction in, but also releases a lot of dopamine, which leads you circling back around it time and time again. So we have a lot of these quote unquote unhealthy carbs that have created a bad rap for all carbohydrates. But here's the deal. Not all carbohydrates are created equal. Unfortunately, when we overeat carbohydrates, what happens inside the system is you release an insulin response. Insulin is always released in response to carbohydrates because that's the vehicle in which we take the energy of those carbohydrates and we put it into cells. It's like the envelope that packages up the energy to deliver it to the specific cells so that our cells can then be energized. Unfortunately, our cells only need so much energy. And when we have an overabundance of energy that's unused, our body has to do something with it. Because sugar and insulin, both left in the bloodstream, are actually really dangerous. We don't want either one left there for long periods of time, so your body's going to go to work to get rid of those things. And the next best place to deal with energy when you don't need it is to store it. Now, unlike other macronutrients like fat and protein, we don't generally lose excess carbohydrates once they're inside the system. We either burn them or we store them. And this is where carbohydrates get dangerous. This is where carbohydrates turn into stored energy or excess body fat. It's when our body can't handle them or doesn't need them, and yet we're consuming them, rising your blood sugar, rising your insulin levels. But when your cells don't need it, what happens then is it goes back to the liver to undergo a process called lipogenesis, which is essentially fat production. Yes, we get a lot of excess body fat production through the process of excess carbohydrates. However, if you take that a step further, I want you to not just think about like, oh man, I can't overeat carbohydrates, but the real root is not necessarily the carbohydrate, but why does your body not need the energy to begin with? For most of us, we're working at such a low energetic state that even small amounts of carbohydrates can get converted into body fat when we should be able to burn through a lot of carbs in any given day. We should have a high enough metabolic rate that unless we went out of our way to eat excess amounts of carbohydrates, just a natural healthy amount of carbohydrates will do nothing to change our weight. Think about like kids, for instance, or even think about my husband. Like back in his high school days, of course, when boys are in high school, they tend to have some of the highest metabolic rates, meaning they have a very high functioning of energy inside their system, a great energetic flow, which means they can consume a lot of energy without it having natural consequences. And I can think back to the day, like he would eat an entire large pizza or go to Krispy Kreme Donuts and eat a half dozen donuts just for breakfast and probably follow that with a gallon of orange juice. Like I'm not joking when I say he ate massive amounts of carbohydrates and yet he was incredibly lean. We see this also in animals, right? Like, yes, I know we're not animals, but animals can eat an incredible amount of of carbohydrates and still stay really lean. So we can't always just associate an excess amount of carbohydrates is always going to produce excess amounts of fat. That is untrue. The real rut is, is that most of us are functioning at a very low energetic rate, even though we have an abundance of energy, which is leading our body to store that because our cells can't use that. It's this stuck energy pattern, which we've talked about on the show before and why it's such a big deal is because we can all increase our energetic level, which means this carbohydrate problem isn't as big of a deal. Now, of course, quality is always going to matter, right? There's always going to be carbohydrates that 
are quickly digested and absorbed and not able to be used inside the body. They're more of a toxin than they are a benefit. So quality always matters. But what I'm trying to say is our bodies shouldn't be as reactive to carbohydrates as they are. And one of the best ways to fix that is to increase the energetic load of your body, meaning you're going to energize your body, which also comes in the form of eating enough carbohydrates to sustain that. It's one of the problems we see and why we get a bad rap and why our energy levels decrease. We've become fixated on the idea that the lower the calories, the better off you're going to be or the more weight you're going to lose. The same thing goes with carbohydrates, right? We think the less that we eat, the less weight we're going to gain. It works in the short term because any change produces change, right? Change always creates change. And if we do those things, of course, we're going to see a change in our body mass. The problem is it doesn't stick long-term because our body is always working to meet that. It's always working to achieve a state of homeostatic balance, and that's essentially what metabolism is. It's a thermostat that's going to regulate your body, meaning your metabolism is going to decrease the, the usage of energy inside of your body to accommodate the amount of energy you're providing your body, meaning the less calories you're going to eat, the less calories your body needs. The less carbohydrates you consume, the less energy your body needs. Your body works to meet what you provide. So we have to work on these like together. We can't just fix our diet without fixing our body. Like we have to do this together. And we're gonna talk about that here in a little bit. But essentially, again, that's why carbohydrates get a bad rep. Because in an unhealthy body or with unhealthy carbohydrate sources and too many of them, our body will store that as excess body fat. We know excess body fat, while a survival mechanism, it also enhances our immune response, which releases inflammation, and it causes more damage inside of our system over the long haul. So, I mean, we could kind of sum that up and say, like, maybe a lot of our carbohydrate issues, our weight issues, our health issues have been self-inflicted. Because the truth of the matter is, before the 1930s, before the industrial revolution of food, we sustained ourselves as a population, as humanity, on mostly carbohydrates. People lived on nuts and seeds and fruits and vegetables and bread and grains. That was the staple, the substance of their diet. And they lived relatively healthy lives, at least in the scope of weight, right? Like they didn't suffer with the same health problems that we do today. And yet the majority of their diet was carbohydrates. Again, quality matters, and you're going to see a difference there. They weren't living on chips and granola bars and cookies and and candy and pop and artificial sweeteners, right? They were living on whole natural sources of carbohydrates, and yet they were living relatively well lives that at a relatively thin weight, right? A healthy weight for them. Here's the truth. For the last 75 years, we've been trying to manipulate our weight with food. But we fail to see that food really doesn't have as much power over our body as we give it credit. Yes, it can change our body, which makes it feel like food is the problem. But there's always a deeper root issue. And that's why, why does your body feel the need to build or gain body fat in general? Why are you craving those foods? What has made you to believe that food has that much power? And really, What are you trying to protect in yourself that makes you look to food and blame food as the problem? We're going to talk about that at the end because really at the end of the day, I never think that this is a war against food. Food is not the problem and we've given it way too much power to control our body, our health, and our mood. These three things that food literally has no power over, we have given it complete control. But today we're going to take our control back. Now, if we keep moving with this story of carbohydrates, obviously we see there's a purpose, we see there's a difference in quality, we see that there's a need, but you might be wondering, then how do people lose weight on a keto diet, right? Of course people lose weight, otherwise no one would be doing it because carbohydrates are delicious, they're satisfactory, and they're generally foods that people love. And to quote my sister, I I love this quote because she often says things that most people are thinking but would never say. 
And she told me the other day, if health is about giving up carbohydrates, I'd rather not have any part of health at all, right? Like I'm not going to do it if it means you're going to take away my carbohydrates. And I love her stance on that because she recognizes that food is also pleasurable and we shouldn't and can't really take that away from food. Now, There is a drive for the keto diet because there has been quick and fast weight loss. People get really lean, but there is a lot of controversy to that. But I just want to clarify why people are getting lean. If you take away your body's number one source of energy, number one food source of energy, that is sugar, your body has to start relying on other sources of fuel. Another source of fuel that your body can rely on as a survival mechanism is called ketones. Now, inside of our body, your body kind of breaks down muscle mass and body fat to produce these ketones. There is controversy on whether body fat is actually being broken down and converted into ketones because truly body fat, if we really dive into the research, is actually lost as carbon dioxide. So body fat isn't actually broken down into ketones, but it can be a part of the process. Regardless, your body is using these ketones as a backup fuel source for energy. And in the process of that, your body is wasting through a lot of its reserved energy sources, which come from carbohydrates and are stored in body fat. Now, the initial rush of ketosis or the initial rush of weight loss that happens when the absence of carbohydrates or the strict lowering of them is actually water weight. Because without insulin in your system, your body reduces its sodium intake and it also, which changes the way your body holds and stores water. So a lot of the initial weight is actually water weight before you actually start burning through body fat stores. Now that's the kind of the main picture of how people are losing weight is they're just going to an alternate fuel source, which is breaking down body fat to reduce that energy. Is it working? Yeah, I mean, it works, right? It's the same mechanism that happens when people are newly diagnosed with diabetes or living in a diabetic state where their body is not producing insulin any longer. They tend to switch over to the, the, the fuel source of ketones producing ketosis, which over time can be really damaging. So there is controversy or there's conflicting evidence that says, yes, you can lose a lot of weight doing this, but what are the long-term consequences of that? Now, here's where it gets a little dicey because if you go on a site like PubMed or you start to research this or you start to ask anyone of their opinion, I mean, people have an opinion, right? And there's honestly research on all sides. But what we have to understand is not what the research says, but what does your body say? And I'll just be clear here. Yes, I think ketosis can happen in a short term, but I think over the long haul, most people are still going to experience negative effects of that, at least long term. And the only reason I say that is if we look at the longevity studies, studies that have been done on the people who are living the longest and healthiest lives, not a single one of them has found that the absence of carbohydrates produces longevity inside the system. What they found is, is that a reduction in calories, not carbohydrates, a reduction in calories actually creates a longevity feature inside the system. But in the process of a reduction in calories, they still maintain adequate amount of carbohydrates. So we see in the longevity studies that yes, the people who are living the longest are actually the people who are consuming all three macronutrients, which in my opinion, are all three very critical to a healthy body. Other research has shown that yes, men can do a lot better on ketosis than women can, mostly because of our reproductive nature, meaning in order to reproduce, in order to be fertile, we have to have an existing level of carbohydrates and an existing level of body fat to provide the safety mechanism for our body to even reproduce. Now, you might be thinking, I have no intent of having a child, so this shouldn't affect me. Well, the truth is, is that as long as you're menstruating, you're experiencing the same patterns. And the more we fight against our menstrual cycle, the more we try to reduce our body fat to a place that threatens the system, the more the body will have to compensate based on that, which means your hormonal system is probably going to get messed up at some point. So you might be losing weight, but you might also be losing your menstrual cycle. You might be losing weight and also losing your hair. You might be losing weight and also feeling moody and extreme PMS. 
You might be losing weight, but you might also experience a lower libido. Like there's all sorts of things that can happen as the body reacts to the threat of not having what it feels like it needs to create a safe environment to thrive. And the true answer to any kind of weight loss is not in what you do, but it's in how you provide a safe environment for your body to thrive. It's working with your body and getting rid of as many threats and as much stress as you can to the body. Because anytime it feels threatened or stressed, you will release a cortisol response and move back into that sympathetic state, which is going to preserve and conserve and hoard and store and conserve as much energy as possible, meaning that you might start to store more body fat or your body will stop losing it. You might waste away more muscle, but maintain that body fat because body fat is a form of survival. So yeah, there's controversies, right? Like I don't think that a super low carbohydrate diet is really good for anyone. People are doing it. They're getting incredibly lean, but I want to question, are our bodies designed to be that lean or is that an artificial idea that's going to create some, some kind of worth or belonging or being seen or known or loved, right? Like, I don't think at the end of the day, we can look at these super lean people who are getting incredibly lean on ketosis and think, wow, they're super confident humans. And I don't mean that for everyone. That sounds really negative. But what I'm trying to say is like, a lot of us have body issues that lead us to do crazy things like eliminating entire macronutrients. And while you might achieve the goal that you have, you're probably still left to face the demons that led you to do the crazy things in the beginning, right? Those mindset patterns don't leave if we don't first deal with them. And I think that's really the root of all of this, right? Is that we have a bad view of health, which has put a moral value to food, making it good or bad, right or wrong, and really giving it the power to control all of you. Food has no emotional basis. Yes, it can bring you pleasure. It can certainly change your emotions, but that has to be your choice, not because food has enacted some power on you. It doesn't have the ability. Food has no emotions. It is just food. And instead of giving it the power, today I wanna take that back and help you to realize like those things that you're feeling wherever you're starting from or wherever you currently are, don't just change no matter what weight you're at. Yes, externally you might look different, but internally it's the same thing unless we deal with those patterns. And dealing with those patterns a lot of times will free you. It will open up energy because holding on and storing all those negative emotions is taking so much energy away from you living. And I kind of started this rabbit trail early, so let's just go back to the science quick before we come back into those mindset patterns. My case for carbohydrates is simply this. They're macronutrients. They're nutrients, essential critical nutrients that your body needs. Now, not all carbs are created equal. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it should just be a heyday of carbohydrates. But I think if we get into the idea that carbs are not wrong and we create a right relationship with them where they no longer have the ability to shame us or guilt us, do things that we're actually implying on ourselves, not from the food itself, if we start to let that go, we can start to see the value and the benefit and also start to pay attention to when your body needs them. So macronutrients are essential, including things like fruits. Fruits are one of the most healing, nutrient-rich, enzymatic substances that we consume. A diet absence of fruit is absence on a lot of things that our body needs to heal, to rest well, and to thrive. So I don't want us to miss it. Carbohydrates matter. Of course, the quality matters. Now, here's the deal. The amount of carbohydrates you need to consume is going to change. And that should be a really relieving thing. This is not about counting carbohydrates. And in fact, if you're doing that, like so much energy in life is being spent doing that. And in fact, like the control that you think you have over that is really not that much control in the grand scheme of things. But if that system works for you, that system works for you. I'm not here to bash what's working for you. If it's working and really working and nourishing the whole of who you are, by all means do it. But for most people, that doesn't work. 
And that's because your body is constantly changing. Your need for carbohydrates is going to change based on weather patterns. It's going to change based on hormonal cycles. It's going to change based on how much sleep you get or don't get. There's so many patterns to what your body needs. And the best case scenario we can do for our body is to work with it by waking up every day and taking it day by day. Like, I don't want us to get this futuristic long, long-term approach to health, but I think winning in health really means taking the short-term approach of what can I do today to support my body? So here's some facts. Your need for carbohydrates is going to significantly increase as the cooler months hit in late fall, early winter, when our entire hormonal system is going to change, your immune system is being upregulated, and your gut bacteria is going through a change of its own. And this season, what your body is looking for is nutrients found in more carbohydrate-dense foods like starchy vegetables, winter squashes, more of those citrus fruits, and even whole grains. And so your body is actually going to need those things. If we don't consume those things, there's consequences to not gathering those nutrients. I believe this is one of the the leading reasons that people um, suffer with SAD in the wintertime, right? Seasonal Affective Depressive Disorder. I know a lot of us think that it's vitamin D related, and certainly sunlight makes a difference. But we can support our natural flow of vitamin D and what's already inside of our system by supplying the rest of the nutrients that enhance it. And we can do this by eating seasonal foods. And in the wintertime, when your body's craving warmth and richness and comfort, it's looking for more of those heartier, starchier carbohydrates. In the summertime, our body just doesn't need as much energy because we're getting a lot of energy from the sun and from the heat. And like we're not using as much energy to regulate our immune system and keep our bodies warm. There's less threats in the summertime which allow our body to consume less carbohydrates in the summertime. So we see a big seasonal change in this and supplying what your body needs in the season is going to help every system of the body and it will also bring weight loss. Like that's the beauty of it. If you can first get yourself healthy, weight loss is always a healthy byproduct of that. Not something you have to live your life for or worry about, but a symptom of health. Other times we see these change is during a menstrual cycle. A menstruating woman's need for energy significantly changes during the four or five week period of the menstrual cycle. We see during the week before your menstrual cycle when you're craving all of the things, you might be getting more tired, experiencing more of those common PMS symptoms. That's a time when your energy levels is actually much lower. Your body's working really hard in those phases, in the phase right before menstruation and during menstruation, working really hard in those phases, it needs a lot more energy, which means those cravings for carbohydrates are valid. It's a biological necessity because your body needs energy. Now, after menstruation, you're going to find that's one of the most energizing times. By that, I mean like that's a great time to push yourself to work hard, but it's also time when you might feel like you're just not as hungry. Like you're just, you have a lot of energy, but you don't need to eat that energy. And that's because your body in that time and in that regulation of those hormone changes is a really high functioning time for your body where you can work really hard and get away with not eating as much. Like that's the time when your body just doesn't need as many carbohydrates. So you're going to see this shift throughout the week based on weather patterns, throughout your cycle, based on your hormonal patterns, on what your body needs. So again, the best case scenario is to listen to your body. And the best way to listen to your body is just to understand your energy levels, your patterns, which come back to how am I feeling physically? Not like, what am I craving? We're going to talk about that later, but like, what am I feeling physically? and provide more of what your body needs. Yes, carbohydrates are the leading source of food energy, but there's lots of other ways to mobilize energy inside your system. And the more you can mobilize energy inside your body outside of food, the less carbohydrates your body is going to need to thrive. And this is where we see those longevity studies really coming in clutch, right? And did I just use like a slang word of today? I'm not even sure. My, my oldest is definitely getting more into like those terminologies of the of kids these days, which makes me sound super old. But <laughs> the truth is, getting back on track is 
If you can increase your energy levels, your need for carbohydrates decreases. And this is the longevity studies, right? Where they consume less calories, but a healthy amount of all macronutrients. And the reason they can get away with consuming them is not because of deprivation or starvation or restriction, but because they've learned the art of energizing their body by learning how to manage stress, by learning emotional regulation, by enjoying life and finding passions in life, by being outside and being relational. Like the aspect of health that changes the game is not what you eat or how you move. It matters, but not as much as you think. I mean, not even really at all. What matters is your mentality, your soul, the heartbeat of who you are as a human. And I cannot express that enough And it's why I'm so passionate about the vision here, which is writing a new story in health. You are not put here on this earth to live for your health. That is miserable. And I find so many people doing that with all these um, flash diets and all of these crazy ideas that only add complexity and confusion and your drive to continue in the patterns of self-sabotage. Yes, it matters what we eat, but not nearly as much as we give it credit. What matters more is the health of your relationships, your financial life, how much purpose and passion you're living with. If you're getting outside, the incorporation of play, all of those things matter so much more than what we put in our body. So what I'm trying to say is don't miss health in the midst of the confusion and the glory of all of these diets. They're really not producing what people are looking for, and it's just adding to the chaos. So my big point, my end goal is, is I think carbohydrates are essential. Now, not all carbohydrates are created equal, and I definitely don't think that we should overeat them. I think we need the right amount of critical carbohydrates, and that's what matters. So what are those carbohydrates? Well, I put a list together over at the Living Well for you so you can see those critical carbohydrates that our body needs. But essentially, you can think of them as whole foods, things grown from the earth, which means vegetables, starchy vegetables, fruits, whole grains, right? Like that's pretty much it as it comes to critical nutrients. You can throw nuts and seeds in there as part of that. Um, And honestly, all of these foods have a level of protein in them as well. So sometimes you can classify them as more than one thing, but those are the healthy nutrients. Sugar, are these eliminating sugar diets really going to work? No, they're not. It's not about eliminating a food. It's about having the right relationship with your body so that food no longer has the power to control you, but you can use food to support your system instead of change it. So over at The Living Well, you're going to get a full list of those good critical carbohydrates and how to eat them. But I want you to remember, food is not the problem. It's not. There's something deeper at work that has to do with why are you eating those foods and why are you putting so much emphasis into losing weight when really the key is if we can just get you healthy and feel healthy every day, all of the physical changes will happen. But health starts from the inside out. So what I want you to know is don't feel the pressure to eliminate carbohydrates. Yeah, it might be necessary to reduce the amount of carbohydrates. Maybe you skip the chips at lunch and you have an apple instead, right? Maybe instead of um, the bread, you have some rice with that. We can make substitutions, but I don't want you to start substituting healthy, critical carbohydrates for non-carbohydrate-like substances. Yes, you can eat the lettuce wrap, but I don't want you to dismiss the power that carbohydrates can also have. Like, yes, you could have that taco and the lettuce wrap, but you could also have it as a rice bowl. Like, it's not that one is better than the other. They're both different and they're both necessary. And I certainly don't like when people start to substitute unhealthy processed foods just because they're low carbohydrates in place of a natural healthy carbohydrates. So don't fall into that trap where you take the keto-friendly, processed, who knows what's in it food and replace it with something that's natural, like a starchy vegetable, like a white potato or winter squash. Don't fall into that trap. And that's what I see so often with these diets is that the foods that they recommend are really highly processed. They're not very good foods to consume, no matter if they make you lose weight or not. We have to look at the quality. But then outside of the quality, 
Also remember that we need a variety of food groups. So a few tips that I could give you is try not to eat any one food group by itself. What that means is like, don't just sit down with a bag of chips or don't just eat the apple. Those things by themselves, while feel satisfying, are actually not satisfactory without an addition to that. Meaning your body's going to look for satisfaction and a protein, carbohydrate, and fat all together in a meal. This is why meals are generally more satisfying than a snack, right? Where you could just endlessly snack all day. It's because we don't get a good variety of foods. So try to think more meal-based rather than snack-based. Again, choose from whole foods. Think seasonally and understand what cycle or pattern your body is living in. If you feel like you're under the weather, you're going to need more carbohydrates. Know where you are in your cycle if you're a menstruating woman. Understand the seasonal patterns and the weather changes are going to influence what you eat. That's not wrong. But if we start to learn to work with it, it's actually going to help us out so much more. Then decide the when and how. When you eat and how you eat food is much more important than what you eat. It's not what you consume, it's what your body does with those things. And what your body does with them is going to change based on the time of day and how you're doing it. Again, what foods it's paired with, when you're consuming those. I mean, our metabolism is significantly higher in the morning than it is as the day progresses. So eating more, heartier, heavier meals earlier in the day is far superior than later in the day. Um, And also how you're doing it. Are you doing it in a stress state? Are you doing it on the go? Are you doing it because you're feeling sad? Understand the mindset in which you eat food is going to help you determine what your body's going to do with that food. And then learn the process of enjoying food without needing food. And when you can enjoy food without needing food, like you think of kids, for example, I feel like we've done a decent job of helping our kids create healthy patterns around food by just not making food a focus. And they literally can take a bite of a cookie and put it down. Sometimes I like scratch my head and I'm like, oh, okay, like that's all you need. Like, don't say too much, Alexa, because because they're doing it, right? Like they're doing it. But I still have a hard time like logically understanding how someone can take a bite of a cookie and then just put the rest away. But that's really where we want to get. Like we want to get to the place where we can enjoy a bite of something because we enjoy it. It's pleasurable. It's relational. But we don't need it. And if we continuously thinking about food as a need, we'll always be consumed by it. So we need to start looking at food as something that we can consume, but not as something that has control over us or as a physiological need. And then put reward to good food. Start to really process through things that you enjoy, healthy foods that you like. Eat more of those things. And the more you consume things that you enjoy, really, the more you can find healthy behaviors that you enjoy, that's what's gonna make it stick because we're creatures who seek reward. So make sure you enjoy this. Now, I know that was a lot to process. Sometimes I talk relatively quickly, but here's the deal. I think we have to look at the big picture. Is there a time and a place for a ketogenic diet? I think it's an absolutely great therapeutic diet in times of need. Is it meant for forever? Absolutely not. And if we go in with the idea that we have to do this forever, you will fail 100% of the time because your body will regulate into a homeostatic pattern to meet what you're doing, making you highly sensitive and reactive to any change that you do outside of that. That is not the place we want to get. I don't want you to live a reactive life or to get your body into a a pattern of reacting. I want you to live a resilient life, and that's what your body was capable of. It's capable of great change. It's capable of handling a lot of carbohydrates at times and not handling any at all. It's resilient. But if we continuously and consistently do the same things over and over, we create a weak body, not a resilient body. And I want to change that. So I hope as you go into the holidays that you have a different view of carbs, that carbs don't have the power to control you. They certainly won't change you. And they're not the answer to your health problems. They're just not that powerful. So take the power away from them. Enjoy them this holiday season, but don't obsess about them. It's the obsessing that's going to create the problems. There's nothing shameful about consuming a carbohydrate, but you certainly have the power to control that, to enjoy it without needing it. So I want to know, what are your thoughts after you listen to this? I'm sure this is triggering. This is 
producing all sorts of panic response inside the brain. I get it. It's different. But I want to remind you that whatever is common doesn't mean it's healthy. Just because it's normal doesn't mean it's good. We have to go back and understand that what is happening in our world and our health space is not working, period. Even if it works for some people for a short period of time, we're seeing into a small window of their life. We're not even seeing inside their body. We're just seeing an external shell. Don't confuse the two. We have to go based on how we feel, looking at an inward, outward approach. And honestly, for most of us, this just means we need to create a right relationship with food, which always means we need to create a right relationship with ourselves. Next month, fortunately, we're going to do that. We're going to start creating a new vision of health, changing the trajectory of your life, creating new patterns by creating a new platform for you to stand on. So I'm excited and pumped to do that. But in the process of doing that, I want to make sure that you have a Nourish Planner because we're going to be traveling through that a little bit here on the podcast. So make sure you head on over to The Living Well, grab your 2022 planner. Remember, if you leave a rating and review, send me a screenshot. I'll give you a special gift and a discount code to get your planner. But also make sure you head on over there and check out the blog post all about good carbs, bad carbs, what are the better carbs to eat, what are some to leave, and how do we start to fix our mind on this concept of energy over food. Carbohydrates are a macronutrient, which means they are necessary to your body. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. We don't need too much. We don't need too little. We need just the right amount. And I promise you'll learn how to do that if you keep following along. Okay, that's it for today. I love you guys. I'm not doing this to spam you with another diet, but just to tell you the honest truth about how your body works. And if we can meet together with your body knowledge and my science knowledge, we can do great things. So keep following along. I love you. And next week, I'm going to be back telling you why I broke up with health.